and welcome to FinTech Impact. I'm your host, Jason Pereira. Today on the show, I have Matthew Bogart of NextJ Systems. NextJ Systems is a financial industry-specific CRM and data analytics tool. And with that, here's my interview with Matthew. Hello, Matthew. Hello, how are you? Good to speak with you again. Hello. Good, good to chat. Thanks for taking the time today. Matthew Bogart of NextJ Systems. Tell us about NextJ. NextJ delivers intelligent customer management solutions to the financial services industry and uh, focus specifically on, on wealth management. Okay. So we're going to dive into what that means shortly and what the features and, and value add that you provide is. But tell me about the history of the firm. How did it come about? What was the problem it was trying to solve and how has it evolved over time? Well, it's, that's a great question. People get uh, uh, even get confused over the name. So I'll, I'll start off from the start, but keep it quick. So Genesis Systems is actually the, the, the formative formation of, of this business. You go back uh, through the 90s and uh, the founders had a, a CRM solution that they were selling in the financial services market aimed at you know the enterprise as, as we have been historically at, at NextJ Systems, but more specifically at the investment banking industry. And in fact, had the what I believe to be the most highly valued software exit in Canadian history, 82 oh. times uh, revenue. So it was a great exit by uh, by the founders and, and the management team. And uh, from that, our CEO had a 30% stake or something to that effect. He was he was well off, but it's, it's one of those situations where money doesn't necessarily buy you happiness. And his wife was diagnosed with breast cancer about six months after the transaction. And mm. she's fine now. It's, it's, a, it's a good news story in the end. But what it meant for him was that he sort of went back and evaluated uh, what was going on in the industry, in the, in the healthcare industry, actually, at that point in time, and said, what they need to do is build out a platform that allows the different systems that a doctor uses to talk to one another, and this sort of like a integration platform. So went about architecting that, and uh, and fundamentally, we're able to transition that technology into the financial services market, understanding that that need to, to bring together disparate information from across a lot of different legacy systems and data sources to have the sort of advisor hub what we call an integrated advisor desktop, was still a missing element in the financial services market. And that's how sort of NextJ came to be and deliver the products that we do deliver products today. So CRM is a, lack of a better term, commoditized terminology, right? I mean, basically, most people think of it as simply a place to put your contact information in your notes. But frankly, it's so much more than that if built out with robust feature sets. So tell me about how you guys go beyond just the basic tracking. Well, this is uh, another great question. So, yeah, I mean, again, sort of given the, the the point where the history that I have in this industry goes back almost two decades, actually almost two and a half decades now, to be honest with you. And the evolution of the market has been has been amazing. And who would have thought back in the year 2000 that a firm like Shopify would be designated as a CRM vendor? The, 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 <laughs> the, the, I, I love that. Like, uh, way to simplify that. Like, yeah, and Amazon sells books. Let's continue. <laughs> <laughs> so, so who would have thought? So you're, you're right. I mean, it's sort of become this ubiquitous term that has this this meaning, this nebulous meaning of who knows who knows what it really is. And so what we focused on is really delivering features and capabilities that are specific to the wealth management market. Our data models, all of the things that we do from the ground up are constructed with an understanding of, of the needs and the wants of, of the wealth management industry. So when we're talking about, you know, uh, householding and hierarchies and, and these kinds of things, the ability, you know, the, the needs of, of engaging with the book of business differently from how you might want to engage with uh, a retail company customer if you're in that industry. So it's having this this very vertical specific product that really focuses on really the sales service and marketing elements uh, that a financial advisor would need. So let's talk about those elements. I mean, other than basic, what is the client invested in right now? Tell me about how much further you've gone than that. So yeah, absolutely. And you know, going back to uh, to the to the first uh, question, you know, we I did delivered... simplify that quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, that's okay. So so when we came to market initially, we were really focused on on establishing ourselves as a vendor 
who could deliver against complex uh, back office uh, environments that a that a Wells Fargo, that a UBS, that a Morgan Stanley has. And these are sort of example customers of ours and those initial customer wins. And it's really the expertise that we were able to gather in helping those firms develop their best practices, you know, understand that the practice management elements of, of that they might want to sort of deliver workflows against that has really enabled us to bring that product and to a, a cloud-based solution that's consumable by a much wider audience. And that's really the effort that we're going through right now, Excellent. which is exciting for us. So besides the warehousing of data and the aggregation of data, tell me about the more actionable steps that you are helping facilitate for advisors. Absolutely. So we've got a, a number of, of concepts that uh, that we've built out. And, and these are are actually uh, what we call modules and, and add greater uh, benefit to our CRM solution. We call this sort of our, our nudge suite of digital assistance, for instance, one of which is our engaged solution. And that's really delivering to an advisor hints, if you will, on what they ought to be doing next with their time. We're not prescribing what it needs to be, because obviously the, uh, a wealth manager wants to be able to make those decisions on their own. If there's a number of different elements that, or different things, different activities that an advisor has to do over the course of a day, of a week, or of a quarter, uh, depending on, on maybe potentially regulatory requirements and those kinds of things, but present to them what they ought to be doing with their ne- with a next best action is what we call it. Mm-hmm. What should they be doing? There's a KYC compliance uh, requirement that's coming up with a, with a number of, of, of their clients. Should they schedule those ahead of potentially a more social engagement or even a portfolio review with a client? You know, sort of setting those actions and, and understanding what uh, might deliver the best benefit to them in a sort of an ordered sequence, for instance. Excellent. So, yeah, I mean, that's a hot button topic these days on uh, in the AI world and falling right into the CRM world. I mean, the idea to be able to just not only give me all the information I have, but actually tell me what to do next <laughs> is right. uh, is a novel notion. So how many different points of data? I mean, you mentioned some compliance pieces. Like what other points of data are you looking at in order to help me or nudge advisors into the proper direction? Absolutely. And this and this is really sort of dependent on the number of, of uh, data sources that we have access to within the organization. Mm-hmm. Some firms have fewer, I would say, sources of data than, than others. Some examples of, of we have hooked up to one of our clients, uh, 44 sources of information. I mean, mm-hmm. am I going to expect every firm to have that many sources of information? Of course not. But uh, it does give you a, more, a richer set of data to run your analysis against, obviously. But having said that, so long as your you know, portfolio uh, system is, is in there, financial planning, you know, those sort of fundamental tools that an advisor needs to use on a daily basis is sort of feeding information into the system. That's really all you need to, uh, to get started on this. And it doesn't have to be off the hop, a journey all the way into machine learning. You can build some some workflows just based off of some some relatively straightforward rules, something like dynamic rules engines that will enable a lot of this nest best action activity to take place before you even get into this whole machine learning activity and, and yeah. all that kind of stuff. So. so for the listeners, I mean, the machine learning piece is where the system analyzes a bunch of data, finds the patterns that are common, and then basically use that to action. So the consumer basically is looking at their website every six hours in a volatile market period or maybe a calm one, and that correlates well with with consumers transferring out their assets, you know, you might want to make a phone call, right? Like that sort of stuff. Whereas is, but again, sometimes sometimes you don't have the right kind of data for that. Sometimes we don't have, you don't necessarily the, the system's not picking up on that behavior the same way. So what you're talking about there is being able to build a workflow manually to say when when this happens or when this sort of thing is necessary, hey, trigger this action. So you're, you're basically creating, you've got a system that does it both manually and automatically, it sounds like. That's right. That's right. I mean, and building towards, you know, greater machine learning capabilities as the algorithm is able to learn, right? Obviously. Yeah. 
And again, sort of just back on the on the manual, the, you have a KYC review that's coming up in five days. Well, that's when the trigger happens, right? You know, mm-hmm. just set that parameter. Birthdays are coming up. Maybe you need a three day notice. Like those kinds of things. Just build those very. I don't want to say straightforward because there's 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 work involved. But just build those rules in, and then we can sort of present to you uh, those nudges and uh, and have you go at that. Yeah. So tell me about uh, this is where it gets interesting. So 44 sets of data. What is some of the more like extraneous and random pieces of data you see fit into your system at this point? Oh, it's it's actually quite interesting sometimes. I mean, there's one of the, the benefits that we've allowed our, our clients is is the ability to sort of do a lot of customization and tailoring of our solution, right? <laughs> so because some of the organizations are quite large, what that would mean is they can say, I want a custom field called something like accounting or accountant or something yeah. to that effect, right? So if you're building your, your household model or, or our household model and, and saying, the, you know, the spheres of influence are, are sort of re- reside in, in, in these three, you know, these kinds of things. And his accountant happens to be this individual. We had an organization come to the same naming, con- like the same value with, I want to say 1500 different naming conventions around this, like pet, dog, cat, whatever. <laughs> you, 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 but it was accountant in this particular thing. And it had so many different variants and ways that it was, it was added into the system as a, as a field in different places and all this. It was, it was, you know, that's, it was that's kind of funny because if it wasn't for the fact you're working in financial services, my bet would have been that it would have been different terms for financial advisor it would have been 1500 different options. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> personal personal right. pet peeve there. Right, um, right, right. Yeah. So, so that's not a data source necessarily, but it's a function of data. I just I just find uh, is find interesting, but it does sort of also illustrate the the flexibility of the product. So, well, absolutely. It's uh, and anytime you can take fifteen hundred different pieces of data, being amal- amalgamated or amassed in God knows how many different ways, and then turn around and just say like, no, this is the cell where it goes. Like uniformity to that experience is so much more valuable because not only does it create a better expectation or a better understanding of the systems because you don't have to train fifteen hundred different ways, but you also have the benefit of now being able to do proper searches and intelligence in the system around that one. That's exactly right. It also improves the stability of the, pro- of, the of the system as well. When it doesn't have to run reports against the same field 1,500 times, it's faster. Yeah, that's putting it lightly. <laughs> that's putting it lightly. Yeah, so fair enough. Basically, you've been through, I mean, you guys have been at this for how many years now? We founded in 2004. 2004. So, I mean, this is, you know, more recently, you guys have a cloud version. Clearly, you didn't start out that way. Talk about the evolution of the the technology and the trends you were following, right? So you started off, you know, building whatever you could for what was best in class at the time. The paradigm shifts underneath you, you evolved that. So tell me about how it's evolved from the first, like what technologies drove the evolution uh, from the first iteration to now. And let's talk about, I want to talk about what do you see coming down the pipe? Sure. That's that's quite interesting for me, particularly because of my experience in, in the space, even before uh, Next.js systems, uh, because that evolution is even greater. But getting back to even just into the into the mid-2000s, this is sort of even pre-Salesforce or just as Salesforce is coming mm-hmm. to market. And when people were looking at what do we want most out of a CRM system, it was still the ability to get this 360 degree view, right? I mean, that mm-hmm. that was always the you know, panacea. I want to get all my clients in the one place and see all the data about them. And there you go. And that was really want a unicorn. That's also very hard to achieve. (laughs) Right, right, exactly. But but that was the premise behind the integrated advisor desktop and building out this this sort of integration platform that allows you to speak to all these different systems. Right. That was that was sort of, you know, Mm -hmm. the genesis of all that. And then you have these systems that that come along and that are not going on premise anymore. We're moving to the cloud. And fundamentally, what we ended up doing was building out more silos of information as opposed to aggregating the information. 
So you had Salesforce automation, you had marketing automation, you had service desks, you had, you know, all these different uh, software solutions that were solving independent problems, but all running independently. So now you have customer data residing in all these different places that maybe didn't have the same value. Your ledger or your billing system probably has Matthew Bogart, whereas your CRM system might have Matt Bogart. And trying Mm. to even consolidate or reconcile the difference between these two systems and what these things mean, is that the same client, became very difficult. So you actually built out these silos of data, which I find quite interesting. And so you bring that forward and then you sort of have this further evolution of, okay, so we understood initially that CRM was really about customer service. And then we said, well, what we want to do is sell more. So maybe it's Salesforce automation. Well, in order to, do, to drive sales, we really need marketing. So, so maybe we'll just throw marketing automation in there too. Well, you know what? If we're going to sell to them, then we need a platform to sell it on. So, well, let's put e-commerce into CRM. And you know what? Now we've got to really serve. Some of these people are having to be serviced at home or whatever else. So, you know what? Let's get mm-hmm. a field service application in there too. So now you've got... The- you understand what I'm getting at. There's this huge starfish of, of applications yeah. that, are, that are driving siloed data, which is sort of how that evolved. And now, you know, you see firms, you know, you know trying to bridge these gaps in customer data. And that's, and that's sort of been a bit of a, a thing over the last little while. And so you've seen sort of integration engines, if you will, being applied to some of these, uh, these CRM types, if you will, try to bring that data together. And then, you know, try to run analytics against all these disparate systems to try to come up with some kind of conclusions. And so you've seen analytics being thrown into all this. So that's been a little bit more of a more recent evolution of, of the CRM market. So for us, that's quite interesting, having gone through all of that. So how much, I mean, this is kind of a topical question right now. Are you guys noticing more of a trend towards greater householding and management of and, and stewardship of a firm's data away from the silos into like just general data lakes, as opposed to like that, basically, we're going to have these five different systems and they're going to connect. No, just having like, I'm going to have one giant pool of data and we're going to connect to whatever data is necessary. Is that something you're starting to see evolve more? It's interesting. So there is certainly this this concept of a data lake. And we actually went through a, a period where we had, you know, some some data lake because of our integration platform and our and our and the use that we have in data. We sort of dabbled in that a little bit, but understood that our forte is really in in, in customer management. So so we we, mm-hmm. we left that to uh uh, to the folks that, that do that. But we are finding that because of some of the work that these firms want to do, that exporting data is a greater interest today than it has ever been. So they mm-hmm. want, if CRM is your master data, uh, customer data source, and people are using that system and that's sort of the system of record and a lot of, you know, a lot of information is being added into that system. The ability to export that data for use elsewhere is becoming a greater priority. So they are dumping some of that data in, into what you might refer to as, as a data lake or some repository. You can define the repository however you like. Sure. Yeah, but point being, get it, get it out of the silos, let the, let the independent, and, and now instead of it living within that software, that software basically calls to said data and it doesn't basically, because it's a challenge, right? Like as you just kind of described, there's maybe like five different systems for procurement of, of the client lifecycle, all of them very like, maybe they're best in class for that one thing they do, but getting that one overall picture within any one thing becomes super challenging. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that and that's just it. I mean, if you want to refer to some of the industry analysts guys, uh, like a Gartner, for instance, I, I, I think that the data point that they that they suggest is there's no one CRM vendor that does more than 70% of what the definition of CRM is, no matter who you are. So no matter yeah. what organization is looking for a CRM solution, they're really looking to solve a particular problem. And no one vendor is going to be able to solve all of their CRM 
problems. So you really, you know, having a best of breed is, is, is great, but I also think not to bring it back too far, but, but having a solution that's really specific to the problems that you're trying to solve helps with that as well. Well, 100%. I mean, it's, uh, I'm, I'll favor a vertical specific solution over a general market solution any day of the week, right? I mean, never mind the fact that your the nomenclature is correct, or, you know, it's built around the experience of what actually happens within that industry versus taking a generic, you know, I'll, I'll pick on the older digital Rolodex CRMs of like Maximizer and Goldmine, right? Like, you know what, they, they would have someone, you know, they'd start off with their individual versions of theirs. And then they'd be like, oh yeah, as a bunch of financial services people using this, let's just create some like template to overlay over top of this, right? right? It's, you know, when you build natively for that specific vertical, the depth of expertise is far greater and the number of rabbit holes that people could go chasing down on the next best action piece alone, that would be immaterial to an advisor or a client because they're just not looking at through the right lens is enormous, right? right? You guys are able to basically say, well, we understand how advisors or the back office or compliance works and therefore we're able to chain these things together in the right proper order. Exactly. Exactly. Couldn't yeah. have said it better myself. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So based on, uh, you know, the, what you're seeing now, what do you think the next kind of evolution that you're going to be facing is? Yeah, no, it's, it's interesting. And, and I guess this is really where, where we believe some of our digital assistants are, are really taking hold. Because of, of the way the market has evolved, again, sort of going from these silos to, to trying to build the bridge to bring these silos back together and all that kind of stuff, having those best of breed type elements make them pluggable into solutions that you already have. The example that we were using earlier around the Engage product specifically and, and that Nest Best Action capability, what data do you, do you need to surface in order to make that work? As an example, well, we said portfolio management, obviously, because, you know, what are the holdings, what's going on and, and, and those kinds of things. But making sort of best of breed capabilities pluggable into systems and applications that you already have. So you don't have, you, you get better value out of the solutions that you've already paid for and are using every day as part of your part of your practice, as part of what you do, you know, you, what you go into work for and look forward to every day and those kinds of things. So so really sort of rounding out that concept of best of breed within a vertical application to deliver further value on your sunk costs. I hmm. think that that's a real opportunity going forward in the market right now. There's since even, you know, the beginning of this year as as more people are working remotely and a lot of that stuff is going on and you need better tools to digitally engage with your clients and, and all that. that's all real. I mean that's that's absolutely something that's going on. Customer portals, all that kind of stuff, being able to better engage with your advisor. I mean that's that's fundamental and absolute and I think that that's a thing. As a vendor, however, being able to capitalize on some of those things and and really adding further value, incremental value to some of the tools that an advisor is already using, that mm -hmm. to me, I think is, is, a, is a real opportunity. Absolutely. I mean, even if you look at the advisor time studies that like Kitsis puts out, look at how much time it said spent, spent sitting on, spending on uh, client facing work. I think it was like 33% of that, only a small slice of that is actually face to face, right? Yeah. And everything else, everything else is this stuff, right? And I look to these solutions and the actionable and, and the taking in this data, making it more actionable and, and driving some of this stuff, like you said here, as being just the way, the only way we're going to actually start to expand that piece of the pie, right, is to is to basically get all this stuff properly, basically as close to optimal, optimally in front of the advisor and driving that action. Sure, absolutely. And, and you know, just to reference his study, uh, Kitz's study, something to the effect of those who engage most with their clients drive loyalty, obviously, but also are yep. the highest performing firms. Yep. To a great degree. I mean, I, I can't speak to a study offhand, unfortunately, but it's, it's, it's astronomical. The better you're able to engage with your, with your client base, 
the more money you make. <laughs> yeah, I think, I, think I, think the number, I think the number, the two number, the top two correlating factors were that one amount of time spent with a client, and the second one was number of years in the industry. I right. think that yeah, <laughs> you, put, you put those together, and that's rocket fuel. So, but again, I think a lot of the spending the time with the clients is what enabled them to get to where they were in a lot of ways. So, exactly, exactly. excellent. So, before we wrap up, there's three questions that I ask everybody. Uh, just to that you think. The first one is, if you had one wish for something to change in the industry or in your company as a whole, what would it be? Wow, that's that is a good one. It is making me think. There's a lot of things that we do that I'm very proud of. Obviously, the fact that we are able to focus as 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 much as we are with all the distractions um, that might be out there, our ability to to stay in effect delivering products against the problems that we are trying to solve. I think that that's that's really important. I would suggest probably the biggest thing that I would like to change is having a bigger megaphone. Just making sure you know, getting our uh, building awareness and having you mentioned the number of vendors that there are out in the market uh, today. Mm-hmm. And some of them have very large marketing budgets. So if I was to suggest uh, any one thing that would uh, that we would like, it would be to uh, uh, to really be be heard above the noise and sort of be able to demonstrate the value that we have. Excellent. Second question: What's been the biggest challenge in the company to where it is today? You know, I guess it's it's because the the market is is relatively diversified. I mean, you've got your RIA markets, mm-hmm. you got your broker dealer markets, you got your wirehouses, you got your private banks that are sort of defined a little bit differently in in other in other verticals or at least other geographies. I mean, and those kinds of things. Really getting our messaging tuned specifically to the problems that each one of these these different segments of the wealth management market largely has been something because again, it, it actually speaks to the first answer. It's, it's being heard above the noise and articulating, to be honest with you, the, you know, the benefit that an organization would get from, from using our solution over a horizontal solution mm-hmm. or something to that effect has, has probably been the most difficult thing for us. A horizontal solution thing versus, yeah, I find that surprising. It's like, do you want to hire, it's the old story about like the guy who wins the decathlon at the Olympics would have never won the gold medal in any one of the 10 things that he's good at because right. he's not a specialist, right? The entire, right. like take a generalist versus a specialist approach when it comes to software. I just don't see how that ever works, but that's just me. Well, um, I mean, and, but it's, and, and if I can just add a little bit onto that, I mean, We've had success at some of the the more the wirehouse market, for instance, some of the more recognizable names, I would suggest. And and so we were able to go into those those firms directly and, and uh-huh. sell and, and those kinds of things. But having that sort of filter down into uh, the balance of the market has really been the challenge. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, I mean, you guys were largely, it's, it's a challenge, right? Like you guys largely went after enterprise first. Moving down market is a very different beast and it's a very, it's a very big challenge, but it's doable overall. And uh, the last question for you is what excites you the most about what it is you're working on and basically keeps you getting up every morning to fight the good fight? Oh, no, this is this is great. I mean, I've spoke about our digital assistants. Our CRM product is great. And, and what the work that we're doing to make it consumable to the wider audience, wider market, that's that's awesome. I'm really excited about that. But some of the things that we're doing with our digital assistants is, is really cool, too. I'm actually going to be seeing the, the, the next uh, demo of our of our insights product. And this is, this is really about driving some machine learning capabilities into, into our product to be able to uh, recognize life events and those kinds of things uh, within notes that an advisor would take from mm. a call or, or even some email if, if, uh, if we're given access to that kind of thing and, and sort of recognize patterns and, and again, sort of feed those things into uh, our, our engaged product or our informed product. I mean, that's, that's pretty exciting. I mean, you know, some of this work that we're doing right now in the AI space is, uh, I think, quite unique in the market, again, because we're able to focus so much on our vertical. Your vertical. Um, <laughs> yep. Yeah, right, as opposed to driving something that's generally applicable across whatever, whoever wants to buy it. So that for me is really cool. That gets me excited every day. 
Excellent. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. I hope everybody takes the time to check out your website at the same time and take a look into what it is you do. Awesome. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. So that's my interview with Matthew Bogart of NextJ. I hope you enjoyed that, specifically the conversation around emerging technologies, next best actions, and machine learning, because I think those are really going to drive client engagement going forward. And as always, if you enjoyed this podcast, please review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever it is you get your podcasts. Until next time, take care. This podcast was brought to you by Woodgate Financial, an award-winning financial planning firm catering to high net worth individuals and their families. To learn more, go to woodgate.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, or find more episodes at jasonperera.ca.